following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's the pinnacle week of Tennessee high school football. Ten Middle Tennessee teams are set to play for state titles this weekend in Chattanooga. For today's episode, we'll give our takeaways from the semifinals, catch up with DCA head coach Paul Wade, and give our predictions for all nine Blue Cross Bowls. It's all next on the Main Street Preps podcast. This is the Main Street Preps podcast, covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts, Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier. Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Main Street Preps podcast. This is Russell Venozzi, joined today by Tyler Palmatier. Uh, Tyler, we've got the Blue Cross Bowls this week. It's a culmination of three plus months of games. Um, you excited to, to make the trip down there to Chattanooga and, and to see who comes out on top? It's it's we kind of it's going to be worth the trip alone for for Summit Oakland, and you know we got that to come together somewhat easily, I guess. Summit had maybe a little bit of trouble last week. Not, I shouldn't say trouble. They maybe they slowly put away Ravenwood. Uh, Oakland didn't have an easy game by any means. So I feel like we're fortunate to get that one in 6A, considering all that kind of could have happened. Yeah, I think, and overall, too, it's just, it's been a banner year for Middle Tennessee football. I mean, seven of these nine games have teams from Middle Tennessee. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely making our trip very much worth it down there. And uh, like you said, um, a good showing here from, from all these local teams. And we've even got three games where we're guaranteed a uh, state championship, a state champion from the mid state uh, in those three, all mid state games that we'll preview a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I think overall this is definitely, you know, I'd have to go look back and see how it compares to some of the previous years, but it definitely feels like this has uh, just been a, a great year for the area. Yeah. It'll just be, it's always just fun to watch. Uh, the state championships. I mean, it's a lot of football in a few days. And uh, if you've never gone to a high school event where they are playing state championship after state championship in different classes, I, I would highly suggest it. It's, it's pretty wild. You know, just the, the emotions of all those games happening in a row, it's, it really leaves you pretty exhausted afterwards. So it's just, yeah, it's gonna be a fun week. And uh, some of these games we've been talking about, for a, it seems like for a long time now, so I'm ready to get, I'm ready to kick them off. So briefly here, let's let's take a look back at some of the kind of the crazy stuff that happened last week, Tyler, in the semifinals. I think probably none more wild than the game that I attended. It was Page Henry County. Um, very cold, very just very tough game to cover. Uh, my phone battery was struggling. Our photographers, David Russell, shout out to him. He did a great job, but his camera like stopped working on the final drive. I don't know if it's because of the cold or what, but just one of those games where you're just like, man, it's, I just want to, just want to go home. This is kind of miserable, but the last 10 minutes or so of the game made up for all of those difficulties. Cause wow. What a show put on by Jake McNamara, a Colorado state commitment at quarterback. He threw for 442 yards, seven touchdowns, um, had one interception in there as well, but he was 25 of 47 on, on pass attempts. He also carried the ball 19 times for 94 yards. I mean, he just ran the, he probably ran, gosh, probably hundreds more yards just on all his scrambles back and forth. It was something to see. It really reminded me a lot of what Chris Parson uh, does at Ravenwood, how he's able to just go from one end of, of the field to the other and then somehow hit somebody 50 yards downfield is something else. Um, of course, Paige 
Got the go-ahead touchdown from McNamara to Max Collins in the corner of the end zone with seven seconds left. And to cap off a 35-point fourth quarter comeback, it was, I mean, just probably the the nuttiest game I saw all year. Um, definitely want to give a shout-out, though, to, to Henry County and, and their running back, Cole Townsend. He had a career night, 28 carries, 351 yards, four touchdowns, um, including three of which that came in the fourth quarter. Um, and that was actually kind of Henry County's downfall. All the touchdowns happened a little bit too quickly. I think they ran maybe six plays in the fourth quarter. Three of them were long touchdowns by Townsend. Uh, one of them was a fumble by Townsend that also led to a page touchdown. Uh, but, but man, he, he he can't hang his head for that because he did everything he could to help his team win. And um, it's just a, a nutty game for Page. They had 464 total yards. Henry County actually outgained them six by you know almost 50 yards. But um, yeah, so that was my Friday, Tyler. What what about you? Uh, how did everything go over there in East, at East Nashville? Uh, well, I was more paying closer attention to your game. Um, get, but not really. Uh, no, it was, I mean, I had a great game. Um, you know, East Nashville, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a great game in terms of who won and the story and everything that's happening with their program and their school. Um, when you've never been to that championship before, it's always special. And I think with, when you talk about a Metro team, not getting there for, a long time or ever you you know you think about the things that those programs have to overcome which is not a whole lot of uh sometimes resources to work with you know i know uh all of a sudden they were having a special season and some members of the community have kind of helped out jamal stewart by taking the taking the the pregame meal off his hands about five weeks ago so he doesn't have to do that anymore so it's just kind of to see a to see a community of people kind of rally around a football team that has is having the most success it's ever had is always fun. That was some celebration on the field afterwards, even though there weren't a ton of people there. Um, and of course, they you know East Nashville's got to turn around and play Alcoa, and that's just pretty tough. That's a pretty tough way to go. But uh, you know, I don't know what you have to lose if you're East Nashville. You go down there and play the game, and I mean, nobody nobody's going to pick you to win, and that's not a terrible place to be. Uh, Sometimes those expectations and that that pressure can weigh heavily on you, so uh, they they can go in without any without any worries at all. Um, but you know, as far as the game itself, it was typically Nashville. A great defense and a lot of Marion Ford, who is has has put together a great postseason. Um, and I should mention Willie Wilson too. I, I think the receiver for East Nashville. I think he's now had. He's had a touchdown, at least one touchdown in every playoff game, and that's a guy they got back from injury, and all of a sudden he just made a huge difference for them in the playoffs. So that's that works out exactly how I wanted it to to get him healthy and have him producing for the for the postseason. Um, yeah, it was a pretty a pretty pretty tame game compared to the one you covered. Yeah, it sounds like it, but uh, yeah, what a run for East Nashville, and no matter how no matter how it shakes out this week. Uh, a very memorable season for them and and for Metro schools in general. Um, mm -hmm. But speaking of teams with nothing to lose, Tyler, another, this team isn't necessarily in our coverage area. It's way out there, um, almost in another state, way out there in East Tennessee. I, I would need Google maps to tell you exactly where it is, but mm -hmm. uh, Hampton, they actually knocked off Trousdale County 22 to 20 last week in the semifinals. And uh, we learned earlier today, which is Tuesday and the media availability that, uh, they had kind of a uh, a crazy celebration afterwards. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what happened there? 
Well, I mean, kind of right off the bat, well, we were told uh, by Hampton coach Michael Lunsford that uh, the crowd told down a, tore down a goalpost after its uh, to a semifinal win. And uh, my ears kind of perked up because I thought that doesn't really ever happen in high school. And um, I believe it was Jesse Smithy clarified later to kind of asked uh, Coach Lunsford again how that goalpost came down. But it was it was completely orchestrated, completely choreographed uh, and permission was given by the high school before the game to to tear down the goalpost. And it was torn down, uh, not by the crowd, but with somebody's truck uh with a a towing hitch tied to it so it was it was pulled down and i don't know what happened to it after that but uh might be worth a story if we can get down there maybe figure out where that goal post is um i don't know but that's that was interesting because you just you don't hear about that people tearing goal posts down in high school no yeah that was something else and We've got a lot of great mid-state angles, but man, the, uh, Hampton might actually, they might end up being the story of the, of the whole weekend if they're somehow able to pull off the upset over Westview and Alabama commitment, Ty Simpson. Um, the, you know, Coach Lunsford also mentioned that they're going to leave the, the day of the game, and that's a 3 p.m. kick, and I looked it up, and it's almost a four-hour drive for them. So um, they're sticking to their normal kind of road trip routine and uh, going to face one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So uh, best of luck to them. That should be... It should be a tough, a tough test there. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I must have missed that one when he said that they were going to leave the day of the game. Did he say why? Are they going to just are they? Yeah, yeah. He, he was just saying didn't want to deal with he, it. Yeah, he was just saying that they uh, kind of wanted to stick to their routine and that they'd been on a couple of long road trips to a couple other places and uh, they just felt like that was going to be um, the best choice for them. So we'll see how that pays right, off because it seems right. like almost everybody else is doing the hotel um, kind of routine. Yeah, no, I think coaches are definitely and football coaches for sure uh, to keep to keep that, you know, to keep a program running. The routine is mandatory. So I I get coaches that want to stick to that and don't want to don't want to mess around with it. Um, But certainly when you get to the championship and you've got talking about different kickoff times, different city. uh, And in this case, a long trip for some it's kind of, it's hard to keep the routine the same. So that's kind of just part of playing a state championship. I mean, I've always found that kind of weird. I, there's nothing you can do about it. You, everybody can't play at 7 PM, but it's just odd to me that East Nashville, I use them as an example because they're the ones that have the 11, a one of the 11 AM kicks, but you play games Friday at 7 PM uh, all season. And then all of a sudden you're waking up at 11 AM for a game. I, I've always thought that would be difficult to, to change, but I, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's easier to adjust to than I give it than I give it credit for. Well, I guess we'll see how those 11 a.m. 11 a.m. teams do. And um, somebody with a little bit of a later kickoff is DCA coach Paul Wade. They're going to kick off at three o'clock on Thursday. That is three o'clock Eastern time. And that is our guest coming up next on the Main Street Preps podcast. <laughs> CA football coach Paul Wade. Paul, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's. I want to kind of start here. Can you take, you know, fans, reporters, other that aren't involved in day-to-day operations at a high school football program? Can you explain to them what this like? This is like this week before state title around the program. What what kind of happens? Do you try and keep everything 
really completely normal? Is everybody's phone just blowing up and the whole field house on cloud nine? I mean, can you kind of just paint a picture of what this is like, this week is like? It's very active, to say the least. Obviously, uh, the school is, uh, school community is uh, overly excited. Uh, they sometimes forget that there's still a game to play uh, and that we haven't, we haven't even kicked off yet. <clears throat> but m- many, many people act like the game's already over with. Uh, had numerous college coaches come by. I told one today we've had more by in the last few days than we had all of last year. And obviously that's a tribute to our kids and how successful they've been. Uh, trying to get schedule schedules completed and scripts printed for practice. Uh, having to deal with uh, uh, reporters, uh, Zoom meetings with TWCAA. It's a very, very active uh, day-to-day. And that's not even including uh, the academic aspect of it with classes and, you know, uh, meeting with kids and, uh, uh, trying to get everything taken care of for Thursday. Well, Paul, we uh, appreciate you fitting us into your your hectic week there. And, uh, of course, it's going to be Nashville Christian again. You guys pulled out a, a gritty uh, 7-3 win over them about a month ago for the region title. Uh, what do you make of getting another chance to to face off against Nashville Christian here for the title, the state title, I should say? Well, I think that's, well, I think that's the unique thing about uh, our league is that there's going to be a rematch. Uh I know a lot of coaches go through their entire career and, and never have rematches. Uh, I just spoke to one the other day. Uh, I, I'm, I'm used to having rematches from, from the times I was at Innsworth, uh, Davidson, and even CPA. Uh, we'd turn around and play uh, either region opponents or, or opponents that we played uh, during the regular season. So, uh, you know, getting to play Jeff for the first time, even though we've known each other for, uh, you know, for 30 years close to it, uh, and actually coached together uh, back in the day at CPA, uh, and then being relatively close with, you know, our jobs at two different times when he was at JP2 and I was at Davidson, and then when he was at National Christian and I was at Innsworth, you know, we'd we'd meet, you know, two or three times a year for lunch and uh, chatted a lot and, you know, kept up with each other's programs, what's going on. So getting to face each other for a second time uh, it is very unique. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, Thursday and, and hope our kids are ready to play. Yeah, I was just uh, – that's interesting. I was just going to ask you about that. It, the connection with, with Jeff Brothers uh, is is really deep in this game. He, he played with, uh, as you brought up, with uh, your quarterback, Bradford Gaines' dad in college at Vanderbilt. And uh, he also played with Ashton Jones' dad at Vanderbilt. And, and you know Jeff, obviously, through your time in coaching. Do these connections make the game more fun, less fun? I mean – uh, hard to go up against a friend. Well, it's always tough to go against friends, but uh, you know, I had an old coach tell me a long time ago uh, to make sure you act the same way after the game that you act before the game. Uh, so I try, I try to make sure that uh, you know that that uh, communication is, is open, and you know, we we are not you know at, at, at battle to say you know before the game kicks off and. Uh, to make sure that same camaraderie is there after the game because uh, when the game's over, it's over. You know, you, you got to move on to something else. Uh, you know, for me, I think it's a unique connection. I think for them probably it's more intertwined. I know I just found out through an interview the other day that Brad actually was Jeff's host when he visited Vandy. And then at one time he actually lived with Jody. Uh, you know, growing up with Brad and, 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 and hanging out with Jody 
uh, back in the day, uh, and now coaching her kids. There's a, there's a few other kids that I actually coached when I was here the first time at uh, DCA that I'm actually getting to coach their kids or have their kids in class. So that's a that's a unique thing. But uh, you know, I know when we played them back a few weeks ago, uh, there was a lot of uh, Vanderbilt alums who came by uh, to watch that game. Uh, specifically because of Brad and Jody and, and, and Jeff. So I think the Vanderbilt connection for them is uh, is pretty strong, and, and it is very unique, and it really does show how, how uh, small in perspective this game really is. And this balanced offense that your team has has been really fun to follow all year. You've got Mr. Football Finalist Bradford Gaines, like you mentioned, throwing to uh, Dayton Sneed and Nathan Magali, and then you've got Ashton Jones running the ball. Um, that's helped you guys average about 41 points per game. I mean, how key has it been, Paul, to have both the running back and then also a, a quarterback that's able to to distribute it to so many different uh, pass catchers as well? Well, obviously, it's made play calling easy. Uh, let me touch on Dayton first. In my 30-year career, this is the first time uh, that I've been on a team and, and I've been a coordinator uh, on either offense or defense for almost every single year of the 30. Uh, this is the first time I've ever been on a staff that's had a 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, so I think that says a lot about Dayton. And then obviously it says a lot about Bradford uh, distributing the ball. Uh, it, it does make easy uh, when, when we're as balanced as we are uh, because, you know, predominantly I've, I've always been a, a run, run the ball first guy. And uh, I think a lot of that stems from I coach the offensive line. Uh, so, you know, I, I know I know capabilities and I know what they can and can't do. And in years past, when <clears throat> I wasn't sure what we'd be able to do physically at the line of scrimmage, uh, uh, you know, we threw the ball a little more. Uh, this year with people, you know, uh, loading the box up against the run uh, because of my past, uh, that's done nothing but just open up, you know, large seams in the secondary for Bradford and Dayton and uh, Nathan to take advantage of. And to this point, they've done a great job of doing that. Paul, you, you mentioned these guys. First time having a thousand yard receiver, but that guy doesn't come from a huge pool of depth. That we we talked about your when you arrived in 2018, you you really were hurting for depth. But even now, I think what you're over just a little over or a little under 40 guys total on the roster. Uh, so you're used to dealing with this. What's what's the secret to winning in spite of in spite of some depth? Not get anybody hurt in practice which uh, we talked about it yesterday, which makes for a very interesting practice. You know, I talked some, to friends of mine who coach throughout the state. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, coach McDaniel at Christian Brothers, who has, you know, about 125 kids in his program. Uh, and I just say, hey, man, I can't imagine how you run a practice with 125 guys. And he quickly responds, well, I can't imagine how you run a practice with – 35 guys. Uh, so I think it's, it, 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 it is what it is, you know, and the, the difference between the two, and it's what we've harped on this year, and I think it's what enabled us to uh, uh, to win last week, uh, besides just the experience of being there, was the f physicality in practice is, uh, I'm not going to say non-existent, but it's, uh, there's not a lot of it. Uh, we have to be very careful uh, with what we do uh, beating on one another because every kid for the most part is getting every single rep uh, whether it be on the first team or whether it be on the scout team uh, so there's there's no there's no starters setting out 
uh, when we're rotating. If you get rotated for on offense, you go to scout team defense. If you get rotated out on defense, well, you go to scout team offense. So we have to be careful about how much beating on each other we do. So that, that's a big key. And, you know, I think uh, it's probably a little misleading, even though we base primarily out of 21 personnel or, or pro personnel, uh, our our depth at receiver is is really pretty good uh, for a school our size. We feel like we have you know four to five guys that we can put out there at every any time and and uh, contribute to the game. Now, not possibly put up the numbers that you know Snead and uh, uh, Magali have, but uh, but be able to be uh, uh, a good enough players that that we feel comfortable putting them in the game if uh, should something happen. So we've talked about the offense, but your defense w- was really strong la- last time you played Nashville. Christian held the three points and specifically held uh, running back Josh Strickland, another Mr. Football finalist, to just 21 yards on 11 carries. That was one of his lowest outputs of the entire season. He's since gone on in the last three playoff games to rush for nearly 600 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, how did you guys control the Nashville Christian run game last time, and, and how can you replicate that um, this weekend? Well, Coach Bo, our, our defense coordinator, did a great job of uh, uh, putting together a plan, uh, not just to stop Josh. Obviously, he's a great player, uh, but to, to to try to figure out a way to slow their offense. Uh, you know, they're kind of like us. They're going to try to establish the run. Uh, they have a quarterback that can throw it uh, when need, and uh, obviously they have a, a multitude of, of athletic kids on that team. Uh, I think the thing that, that – helped us that day was that uh you know our kids were ready to go uh, we had a scheme in place that that we thought could uh could give them some problems and uh uh but we, we just didn't say to, to single out josh you know uh, you know if uh, normally on 21 carries you know you expect a kid like that to have 100 yards what we did was we didn't give up the big play when, when you watch films of you know the playoff uh games that he's had and uh, not to disrespect any of the teams, but, uh, you know, there was a lot of big plays give up. And, uh, you know, a kid can rush for 150 yards, but, you know, uh, two of them could be for 130 yards combined. You know, he had 16 to 70-yard run uh, and, and you know, had 20 carries for 150 yards. Well, 90% of that came on two carries. So that's sometimes you get misled by stats. And uh, uh, we don't talk much about stats, so – you giving me those stats and what we've done, I, I would have bet money that you were inaccurate when you when you said that to me. Uh, you know, the, we just worry about, you know, the, the, the wins and the loss. But, you know, we, we set out a plan to just to improve on on what we did. You know, uh, uh, Jeff and I have been on a multitude of interviews this week. And, and, and if he was asked first, he said it. And if I was asked first, I said it. You know, we, we kind of do what we do. And, uh, you know, when you have as many kids as we got playing both ways, you can't get, you know, too, too different uh, schematically because there's simply not enough time to, to dive off into that. And, and after playing, you know, 13 or 14 games, why would you start tinkering with something that's got you this far? So I think the goal is just to, to do better at, at what we didn't do. And, you know, they had some missed opportunities, uh, uh, just like we did. Uh, they had a couple of, of, of uh, turnovers that hurt them, uh, just like we did. So it was really a back-and-forth ball game. It, t- it turned out to – uh, you know, we uh, we were able to establish the run a little bit, and uh, we had fewer uh, errors than they had. And so the the goal for the past few weeks or a week and a half has been uh, to just do better at what we didn't do well that night. And uh, we hope that uh, comes to a culmination on Thursday. 
Well, I'll tell you one thing that is going to be different from that night. Uh, that if, as you probably remember, ball it was cold and rainy. Uh, is that's going to be like sixties, low seventies for these blue for the Blue Cross Bowl championships beginning Thursday. I don't, I don't see any weather that looks anything less than perfect. You know. Um, oh, of course, I hear I'm looking at Nashville temperatures. So shoot, maybe I, we need to talk to Russell's dad. He works, he works for the weather service. He can help us. But I think it's supposed to be the conditions are going to be nice. So uh, that'll be a nice change. Um, Paul, we're going to wrap it up here with you with one more question. I kind of want you to look back. I know you've been at a lot of state championship games. Uh, can you tell us what your favorite story from a state championship that you coached in was? Favorite story? Well, pr probably there's a couple. Obviously, the first one I was ever in in 1996 uh, here at DCA, uh, we had taken a group of eighth graders uh, my first year in 92 and kind of uh, uh, groove them, if you will, to be uh, what they became in 96 was 15 and 06 champions. So obviously that was special. Uh, my son's senior year at Innsworth, 2013, uh, we'd been nationally ranked, uh, uh, getting to spend that, you know, that evening with him and my youngest son, who was a freshman on that team. Uh, Ricky and I had, had, had both been supposedly uh ejected from the semifinal game so there was a bunch of uh hoopla surrounding that game that either he or i was going to be able to attend and coach that ball game and through some tape reviews and some lawyers and some schools coming together uh we figured they figured out that the officials uh probably didn't make the the swiftest of decisions on tossing as many people as they did at the end of that game after a flagrant foul occurred at, as the time expired. Uh, so, so that obviously holds a, a lot of memories, uh, more or less because it was the end of my son's high school career and the beginning of the other one. Uh, and then I, I will take it to this year. Uh, you know, coming in here four years ago as an empty nester, uh, my wife and I had no idea what we were diving back into and watching these uh, seven seniors who have now grown to 15 seniors uh, go through that first year uh, that was very humbling uh, as a coach, uh, was very trying uh, as a mentor of young men, and uh, was very uh, devastating for, for, for our football community uh, to see where we're at now. Uh, you know, no matter what turns out Thursday, uh, getting to experience that and then, and then culminating their senior year uh, with this game, uh, I'd probably put that up there in the top three. No doubt. I, we hardly, you know, we really have touched on it. This, this program in 2018, when, when you first got there, it was in transition and uh, did go through a winless season. And now those seniors have a chance to end their careers with a state title. That's that it's one of the, one, one of the best stories we have going here in the mid state in the, in the playoffs this year. So uh, Paul, good luck to you guys. Um, and thanks again for joining us today and taking some time out of your schedule. We appreciate it. Thanks, so. I appreciate you guys. All righty, it's time to make some picks now for the Blue Cross Bowl State Championship Games. And we've got a couple of uh, guys in here to, to help us do that. Of course, Tyler's still, still here. And then we've also got Clarksville reporter Brady McNamee as well. He's got a, well, he's holding, clinging on to the lead here in first place in our Main Street Preps uh, staff-wide pick'em. Let's go down the standings to start out here. Gentlemen, Brady is 114 and 38. 
after a 7-5 week last week in the semifinals. I jumped up to a tie for first place with Brady um, for a perfect 12-0 week that I'm honestly still kind of shocked happened, but I'm also 114-38. and And then Tyler is three games back after a really strong 11-1 showing last week. He's um, 111-41, and so still within striking distance. And after that, we've got Monty Hale with 43 losses and Zach Womble with 45, so... I'm going to take quite a bit of quite a few upsets for them to win, but uh, the three of us are still in contention, guys. So let's just go around and, and make picks here, starting with the Thursday games. Brady, who do you have winning on Thursday? Well, um, I, I, to start, um, I just I don't see Lucas Academy losing. Um, just after what they've done all season, um, after what they did to CPA earlier this season, um, I just don't see any way that they'll they'll lose this game. Um, I have complete confidence in them. If I had to put a lock on it, um, I'm sorry, CPA, but uh, I would have to put it in a lock on Lipscomb Academy. Um, looking up next, uh, the DCA National Christian game. Uh, of course, we just finished up with, uh, you guys rather just finished up with the DCA head coach, and um, I actually like them to win that game against National Christian. I know that's another game that we saw in, in the, the middle of the season. I know I'm picking winners from both of those games. Um, but I just think DCA has had the um, better season all around. Um, I think they're the better football team, and I like them to get their second win over uh, National Christian this season. And then lastly on Thursday, um, I, I, it's just hard to pick against McCallie. I mean, these guys, I, I think right now they hold the number one spot on Max Preps in Tennessee. Um, you know, it's arguable whether that can go to Oakland, maybe Summit. Um, and I know NBA, or rather NBA, has had an incredible push these last couple weeks. I think we had a great story on that. Um, and they're a really, really good football team. I think this is going to be a good football game. Um, I think it's going to be really close, but I think the Collie's going to uh, end up pulling this one off. Tyler, how do you see those Thursday Division Two games shaking out? Uh, I don't. I don't have any disagreement. Oh, oh no! I'm sorry. I do. I do. Um, no, I, I think NBA is going to beat Macaulay. Uh, I mean, that's this is close of a you know a game as you think. I mean, they that was a close game in the regular season. The NBA lost, and uh, I'm just kind of going with a rematch difference here. I mean, I don't know that they're going to NBA can go in there and slam the door on anybody or shut anyone out. I think it's going to be close, but I think NBA's improved, and that that semifinal win over Christian Brothers was really impressive. Uh, the key is just going to be shutting down, you know, the William Riddle, uh, Xavier Gallardet's connection. I hope I said that right. Um, that's the bulk of Macaulay's passing production. I just, I think, uh, but I think NBA is rolling and they're going to carry that through. So that's, uh, we'll kind of just have to see. But uh, same with DCA. I think DCA has got a little more of a, maybe a, a spark offensively, you know, with this ability to throw with Bradford Gaines and, um, DCA's defense was impressive in that last outing. I'm uh, just not going to go against them and just not going to pick against Lipscomb Academy uh, in this one at all. I think if um, I think if you know, I just don't really know how to say it except I just think Lipscomb Academy's playing better and I think that their ability to throw the ball around a little more if they want to is a big difference maker. I think CPA, if they can, if if the Lions can find a way to stretch the field a little bit and get, um, if Cade Law can kind of find some guys vertically, which I think they will do that in this re, in this rematch, uh, uh, they can have a chance. But I, so I'm not picking a I'm not picking a wide margin like last time. Uh, I think I'm going to have Lipscomb win by about a touchdown. But it's just 
I'm with you, Tyler. I would be very surprised if that Lipscomb CPA game gets out of hand. I, I think CPA, you know, losing 38 nothing like they did, that's just that's just not something that they ever do. Um, so I was stunned to see that result, and I would be equally stunned if it was any anywhere close to that on Thursday. Uh, but I, I've still got Lipscomb winning that game, and uh, I'm actually with Brady here. I've got DCA over Nashville Christian as well. Um, I, uh, I struggled with that game. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That was a very tough pick there. Probably maybe the toughest pick out of all these for me just because i've seen nashville christian as well um and what dca was able to do to hold that run game to you know to hold josh strickland to 20 yards i think was a little bit of an a little bit of an anomaly if i can say that word um nobody else has been able to do to do that all season so i would be pretty surprised if, if they're not able to get a little bit more going but tyler like you said it just seems like dca is kind of a, a team of destiny this year and they've got that um, ability to, to strike quickly with the with the passing game, so I, I give them the slight edge, and then I've also got Macaulay uh, ending NBA's kind of magical run here as well in the final game of the day. So let's move on to Friday, and I'll I'll kick these off so uh, Brady doesn't accuse me of uh, just taking his picks here. <laughs> but um, East Nashville Alcoa kicks it off, and uh, guys, East Nashville, great story. Tyler's been on it all year, uh, especially in the playoffs. And, it's been really cool to see what they've done. Um, but just a tough, tough draw here in 3A. I mean, to go against a 19-time state champion like Alcoa in your first ever state title game, I just I have a feeling this one might get uh, a little bit out of hand. So I'm definitely picking Alcoa here. In the next game, you've got South Pittsburgh taking on McKenzie. Uh, McKenzie has kind of come out of nowhere to to uh, go 14-0, and they knocked off Peabody last week. Uh who had won a couple of state championships the last couple of years in, in two way. And, um, you know, South Pittsburgh's played a tough schedule. They even had Oakland over to their place earlier this year, but, um, I just, I can't pick against McKenzie here in the season that they've had. And then lastly, Paige, uh, playing in its first title game against Powell. Uh, I got to see that crazy page game, uh, that we talked about at the top of the show last week, just phenomenal job by Jake McNamara. And he's going to definitely be a handful for Powell, but, um, you know, as Tyler detailed in, in his column yesterday, his hash marks column, Powell's got Walter Nolan and uh, one of the top recruits in the entire country going to Texas A&M, and he could do a lot both on defense and offense. I just think that's going to be a, a tough ask for Paige, who really doesn't have a whole lot of size, um, relatively speaking, on the offensive defensive lines. So I've got Powell in that one. Um, you guys agree with any of those? Disagree with any of those? Well, uh, I will say I do disagree on one spot. Um, you know, for the 1A game, um, neither of us really know a ton about these teams between South Pittsburgh and McKenzie. I don't think any of us have watched any of those teams this year. Um, so this one kind of feels like a toss-up for me, but I don't know. My gut was just kind of telling me South Pittsburgh on this one. I know McKenzie's had really kind of a Nashville Christian type, or I'm sorry, uh, East Nashville type season where they just kind of come out of nowhere. You know, that that's not necessarily a preseason favorite uh, by any means. And here they are in the, in the title game. Um, but something about South Pittsburgh, I don't know exactly what it was. I know they're not really a popular pick looking at um, the picks some of our coworkers have made so far. Um, but I don't know, just something about them as we, uh, I, I just feel somewhat confident in South Pittsburgh. Again, I know this is, these are two teams that we don't really know very much about. Um, but I don't know, something about South Pittsburgh. I, I just, I'm picking them. Um, as far as the other two games go, um, I agree with Alcoa. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that East Nashville's uh, really kind of miracle season 
Um, they've had, they've been just incredible all year. Uh, I'm, I mean, Tyler's been all over it. He's done a great job helping me stay connected with these guys. Um, they've had an awesome season. But Alcoa, I mean, that's just like that, that's an unstoppable force. I don't think their their reign is going to end this season, unfortunately. And then Powell and Page. Um, I mean, I, I am super jealous of you that you were able to be at that Page Henry County game. Um, I saw Henry County. Um, I've seen them plenty of times since I've been here. Um, I know that this is a, a, a football program with tons of tradition. I saw them beat Springfield uh, last week, or I should say two weeks ago, um, and they played great. And I didn't think that they were going to lose to Paige, honestly. Um, so just the fact that Paige is here um, is just a, an awesome, awesome uh, show for them. I mean, uh, Jake McNamara, you know, kind of following in uh, his older brother's footsteps a little bit with uh, Michigan getting a huge win as well. Um, and I don't, but I just don't think he's going to be able to overcome Powell. Um, I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I think it's going to be an exciting game, but I do have Powell winning that one. Yeah, I've got Alcoa McKenzie Powell. And I, Alcoa, for the reason you guys said, just, uh, too experienced, too good. They almost beat 6A Maryville this year, which is crazy. Um, McKenzie, kind of, I just, you know, on papers, we don't watch, have a whole lot of Class A teams in our area. I just, I've kind of viewed them as maybe a more balanced team offensively and defensively. And then Powell, Page, that's, you know, both teams have a great quarterback. And so, for call it, this is a quarterback matchup, the other one, uh, uh, number two grade nationally play uh, nationally uh, prospect who's a, a defensive line and I'm gonna go with the team that has kind of that defensive X factor in Walter Nolan. Um, Paige does not have a whole lot of size. It's gonna be they're gonna have to patch some things together to keep Jake McNamara um, you know keep his jersey clean during that game. So I, I think Powell's gonna win that one because that's gonna be the difference. So those were the Friday games. Now we move on to the final three Saturday games, and we'll kick this off with Tyler. Uh, Tyler, we've got Tullahoma Elizabethton, Westview Hampton, and the big one, Summit versus Oakland to cap off high school football season. How do you see those games going down? Yeah, I've got uh, in 4A, I told myself I wasn't going to bet against uh, Tullahoma anymore this year. I'm going to go with the Lizzie experience factor. Be in there, and I think having some familiarity and I think have, as we've kind of talked to a bunch of coaches today earlier there was a there was a, a coaching availability with others from the that are going to be in the finals I think getting the nerves out and, and knowing what to do with those nerves is a big deal and Elizabethton just kind of has that uh, so I think that's a that's really going to matter in that one although I too almost had a good season they beat uh, they beat great teams beating Pearl Cone twice I mean, that's, you can't, you can't argue with that. Um, 2A, a couple teams we really haven't seen a whole lot of. I was able to watch Westview last year. So, um, I mean, I'm going to go with Westview. I, and I I just think Ty Simpson, the Alabama commitment quarterback is, it's not like he just has the, the Alabama moniker next to his name. I mean, he really does. He will give teams fits with the way he can move around and continue play. So, I think that's the ultimate weapon to have in a state championship. Uh, somebody that just, you snap the ball to him and he can run it, he can throw it, he can throw it while he's running it. It's just, it is the most uh, maddening thing for defensive coordinator to deal with. Uh, Oakland Summit, this is the one we all waited for in 6A. 
and man, I'm, I just had a hard time with it. I had a really hard time with it. Uh, but I'm, I'm going low. I, I like what they've done against their schedule, and I think they're battle-tested. Jordan James and that offensive line and the weapons they can put around him are are really, really good. How do they stop the Wade Twins defensively is going to be kind of interesting to watch, but I'm going with Oakland. Brady, what do you think about these three games? Man, well, um, I'm going to agree with Tyler on the Westview game. Uh, Thad Simpson is he, he's just a heck of a ball player. I mean, you don't go to Alabama by being okay or really good. You go there by being you know, one of the best players in the country. Um, and I think Westview, it's going to be a good game, but I do have Westview winning that one. Um, as far as Tullahoma and Elizabethan, um, I'm taking Tullahoma. Uh, this is a team that I'm, I haven't been able to see. Um, but having a team in their region, I've been able to kind of just keep up with them as the season has gone along. And every single week, I mean, they've just been one of the best teams, in, if not the best team in 4A. Um, I know Elizabethton is right there with them as well. That's why they're in this championship game. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of sticking to my guns. I, I don't want to bet against Tullahoma in this one. Um, I've, I've learned to not bet against Tullahoma, kind of similar to what Tyler said. And um, I'm taking them in that championship game. As far as Oakland and Summit, man, I, I tweeted last night. Uh, I mean, I literally, I was going through, I was sitting in the airport last night, picking through all these games, and I literally could not come up with an answer for Oakland and Summit. I mean, I had to sleep on it, and even now, I, I'm still not entirely sure with, with who I want to pick in this game. But that said, um, I am leaning toward Oakland. Um, the, the Wade Twins, it's, it feels so hard to bet against these guys because they are two just absolutely incredible athletes, two incredible football players. These guys could be starting day one in Kentucky. Um, that's how good they are. Uh, these guys are two guys that we could see playing in the NFL someday. I mean, that's just how good that these two two kids are. Um, but Oakland, man, I mean, they're one of the best football teams in the country. I mean, you you and you know Summit is, is going to be ready for them. You know that they're going to be prepared. They're going to come in there playing hard and I think this is going to be an incredible football game um, but Oakland man I just they're just too good they're such a good football team they've played the maybe the hardest schedule in all of Tennessee um, you know they beat Lipscomb Academy uh, one of the other best teams in Tennessee uh, I just think they're battle tested their experience is going to carry over um, like Tyler said Jordan James is just an incredible running back um, and I think that they're just going to be able to just escapes well brady it looks like that our title is going to come down to that south pittsburgh mckenzie and holahoma elizabethan games and uh we could we could th- okay. theoretically tie depending on how these shake out um i'm going elizabethan over Tullahoma. i just think uh kind of like tyler said the, the experience of elizabethan is, is invaluable uh, i actually saw them a couple years ago play springfield in the title game uh watched their game last year on tv uh their championship game and They've still got the same quarterback, Bryson Rollins. He's uh, probably one of the more underrated recruits out there. He's a great dual-threat quarterback. And uh, Oklahoma, like you guys already already mentioned, they've had a great season. But there's just something about even when you've had a great season, when it's your first time on that big stage, there are nerves. There are It's just a different ball game. And so I've actually picked against all four of the first-time teams here, East Nashville, Page, Tullahoma, and, and Hampton. I, I think odds are that all four four of them will lose uh hate to be like the debbie downer there but uh that's what that's what i did because i've also got westview uh beating hampton uh with with ty simpson i think that of all these games uh you know no, no disrespect to hampton but this could end up being potentially the, the easiest blowout pick of the uh, of the games here 
Um, I think Hampton has had a, had a great run, but man, just that that Westview offense is going to be very very difficult to stop. And then finally for Summit Oakland, um, you know, surprisingly, I didn't actually struggle with this pick at all. I'm going Oakland. Um, it could very well be a close game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but I just, yeah, I, I can't see Oakland losing this game. Kevin Creasy and his staff, they, those guys are, are football geniuses. I mean, after covering that Lipscomb game, the CPA game that Oakland won, and just interviewing them afterwards and hearing what kind of what they were thinking with their play calls and their defensive strategies, I mean, these guys have been there. They've done that, and um, they're really just the kings of Class 6A right now. So I, I've got to go with Oakland. But otherwise, gentlemen, I think that's going to do it for our picks. So uh, best of luck to both of you. Uh, the title is still very much up for grabs, and uh, we'll be paying special attention to the to the two games I mentioned, uh, South Pittsburgh McKenzie and Elizabethton Tullahoma to see uh, to see who takes the title here. Yeah, I might have to buy some uh, South Pittsburgh and Tullahoma gear this week, maybe just to uh, rep them a little bit harder. Yeah, I'm sure you can find some. Uh, yeah, I definitely could. All righty, everyone. Well, thanks for joining us um, for the Main Street Preps podcast this week, and we will be back next week to recap football season and hopefully talk to at least one state championship winning coach. So uh, we'll talk to you then.